It's another episode of Cloudy with a Chance of Podcast, but this time we're doing a vodcast. Yeah, so exciting. So if you're listening, there's actually a video version of this that mm -hmm. we're doing, and we're doing it for a special reason. Yeah, we wanted to uh, give you a visual look at who we're talking to this week because fall has officially begun. Yeah. Uh, we had the fall equinox occur, mm -hmm. and uh, as we're recording this, we're almost towards the end of September. Yeah. So now we're really uh, going to be getting into not only our fall weather, mm -hmm. which in the Miami Valley, we have finally, I feel like, transitioned back over to kind of losing the mugginess and the heat, mm -hmm. at least briefly. And it came right on time. The, it was kind of perfect. The equinox was last Saturday from mm -hmm. when we're taping this. Yeah. And leading up to that, we were dealing with 80s, yeah. with humidity Humid. and temperatures feeling like the low 90s. Yes. And then fall began Saturday and the temperatures just fell off. Yep. And, and they have fallen off and they've kind of stuck that way. So long range stuff, it looks like maybe the first couple days of October may be a bit of a warm up, but we're talking like maybe 80, not 90 degrees. Right. Um, um, we have had though 23 90 degree days in the That's Dayton insane. area this year. That's that is hot for us. Yeah. And it wasn't a drought year either. No. Sometimes we can get those really high counts of 90 degree days when it's when it's just hot and dry. Mm -hmm. It's actually just been so warm and it's like we're basically Georgia, but in Ohio. <laughs> this exactly. <year. laughs> and recently our uh, rainfall amounts have been insane. Yes. We're like the fourth wettest September on record. Yep. And we're not even done with the month yet. So nope. we're gonna have to look at those numbers. Of course, heat and rain all play into fall color yes and that's why we have our special guest today so exactly. go ahead and introduce yeah very very special guest uh, we have Tyler Stevenson with us he is uh, the urban forestry program manager and that's kind of a mouthful it'll be really exciting <laughs> to let him talk about what he actually does do but um, he's very well educated he got his undergrad from Virginia Tech and forestry of course continued on did a master's as well from Penn State and he has been uh, with ODNR for about four and a half years now um, um, the forestry program itself is going into its urban forestry is going into its 40th year. So, um, you know, that's a dedication to the state of Ohio and making sure that our trees are being utilized, that our cities are able to take that next step and uh, get a little bit healthier. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm just going to turn it over to you, Tyler, and kind of let you explain a little bit more about what it is you actually do and yeah. how people you know this is a big deal we want this type of stuff to continue on absolutely and you, you hit it right on the head is is making cities healthier uh safer uh more livable that's that's what our goal is is to help cities uh better manage their urban forest resource so that the trees can provide the res the uh ecosystem services that that we all talk about when it comes to trees um, they provide stormwater mitigation which is a big deal to a lot of communities yeah. Uh, dealing with stormwater, especially with the wet uh, summer we yeah. had and all mm -hmm. the rain. Obviously, with Florence coming through here, yeah. a lot more rain. Um, stormwater mitigation, air quality, we all deal with air quality as an issue in urban environments uh, with uh, smog. Um, trees filter out the particulate matter and in, in captured in their leaves. Um, air quality energy savings with shading buildings. Right. We can reduce, reduce the costs on air conditioning. Um, it, and the, the multitude of benefits uh, really uh, can be capitalized on when the trees are properly managed. So uh, making sure they're, they're pruned, um, making sure they're healthy and they're vigorous, um, and making sure they're safe for uh, citizens of, of each community. So our program works to assist municipalities in, in achieving those goals and mm -hmm. in, in making sure that, that the trees provide the benefits that, that we all want. And so we have six regional urban foresters around the state, um, and they each, uh, 
work with communities one-on-one, -on -one, direct assistance, right. um, uh, supplying them with information, re new research in the field. Um, we hold urban forestry conferences every year in each of the six regions where we bring in experts uh, from around the country this year uh, in Northwest Ohio at uh, uh, the Toledo mm -hmm. Museum of Art, I believe is where it's being held at, it's at the glass blowing. Um, that is neat. The, I forget what the name of the thing is. Yeah, I can let that's you know. okay. Um, but uh, we're having Kathleen Wolf from the University of Washington come out and she's a, a leading expert in um, the benefit the sociological benefits of urban forests mm, so yeah. uh, getting into the, the ideas that business districts uh, are much healthier with uh, mature trees in them mm -hmm. people spend more time in business districts they spend more money and it's just better for the businesses to have mature trees around their businesses so she has a lot of that kind of research as well as the health effects um, um, on on our children yeah. uh, living in communities with trees um, so so we do the urban forestry conferences every year we hold a city forester symposium in central Ohio for city foresters to come and, and network and uh, not only network with other city foresters but with an allied agency so engineers or uh, um, utility companies mm -hmm. we try and get get everyone working together so we can you know achieve the goals that we all need to, to achieve together yeah. um, we also do grant funding uh, typically pass-through grants from the federal government uh, so the Forest Service has several grant opportunities throughout the year and we work with communities to apply for those or we apply for them ourselves and pass through the money to the communities so they That's can great. do tree planting yeah. projects or, or manage their forest better um, in that respect um, and then information education is a big one along with our conferences we have a, a, a very comprehensive website if you go to our website we have this uh, urban forestry toolbox section oh, cool. and it is just loaded with information that is very helpful to uh, all communities in, in their in regards to them uh, administering their urban forest on top of that oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's there's awesome. more this is why I let you do the yeah, intro yeah. we'll just mess it all up <laughs> on top of that we also administer Arbor Day Foundation's Tree City USA program cool. and Ohio is very unique in that respect um, Ohio's led the nation for 37 years now Wow. with the most Tree City USA's, which is wow. an achievement Good that... Good for us. Yeah, Go Ohio! Know, like, Ohio rocks <laughs> in that trees. respect. We love trees. Absolutely. I mean, no other state really comes close. Wisconsin, uh, I believe, uh, has maybe 100 less than us, so they're not even anywhere near uh, achieving the, the recognition that we have in our state for communities uh, dedicating their time and resources to their urban forestry program. And so our, our administration of that is we uh, review the applications, uh, work with communities to uh, meet the benchmarks to become a Tree City USA mm -hmm. and then we also hold awards programs every year and, and get everyone together to congratulate them and pat them on the back for the good work they've done every year. Yeah that is amazing. Yeah. I feel like um, people a probably didn't know that you existed sorry right. <laughs> I maybe cities of course but yeah, yeah. people living in those cities probably didn't even know that this much stuff is going on behind the scenes and that the trees that you see you know in a downtown area or in a city or in a, you know a township um, that there's a lot going on to protect them to keep them like you said keep up with the maintenance and stuff mm -hmm. um, Real quick, before we go into fall colors, because of course I brought you here because you're yes. going to have to talk about yes. that. <laughs> um, but coming out of summer, we did have a lot of air quality uh, alert days yes. because we had a lot of sunny days that were warm with that light breeze and you were getting that smog and that ground level ozone to develop. To be honest, I didn't even know that trees helped play a part in reducing that. So can you kind of go over that one more time about? Absolutely. Um, trees, one of the main things that trees do in, in regards to air quality is uh, capture particulate matter. Mm -hmm. And that's the, it's the very fine particles. I believe it's below 
2.5 microns mm -hmm. and so it, we can't see it right. but it is something that affects our health when we breathe it in um, uh, there's been all sorts of studies about, uh, in fact, after emerald ash borer went through and, and mm -hmm. took out a lot of yeah, the ash trees, yeah. there was a, a great study that uh, uh, Donovan did from the U.S. Forest Service out of Detroit, and he showed the cardiovascular health prior to and after wow. the ash trees dying and showed a, a marked increase in, in wow. cardiovascular. So it was a, yeah. it was a relational, I, I forget the, the research term, but it, it was definitely a, a correlation between those two factors. So. Trees intercept those particulate matter and they hold it on their leaves and then when the rain comes it washes it down to the ground. So instead of it being Safe. loose in the yeah, air, yeah. It's, it, they, they get it to the ground faster. Wow. Uh, on top of that is the, the air exchange, the tree, trees provide right. us oxygen. Mm -hmm. So right. they, it, during photosynthesis they uh, utilize carbon dioxide and sunlight and produce carbohydrates, the sugar for, that they need mm -hmm. and then uh, give off oxygen for us to breathe. So that, yeah. that's also a helpful thing when it comes to air quality. Um, on top of that, I would say the uh, moderation of temperature. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you had mentioned that mm -hmm. when the temperature goes up, that's yeah. when the, the air quality alerts come about. Yeah. So if we can reduce our temperatures by shading our environments, right. yeah. then, they, then, then we can, that. yeah, so then that, that way we keep the, uh, the air cooler. You touched a little bit about it, um, but just to focus in on someone that's in the community, um, can feel a little disconnected from being a part of right. trying to make things greener. What is the best way for someone like me to just get involved with trying to push that on? That is a great question. Uh, one of our main uh, contacts with communities, in fact, the, our most one of our most important ones is uh, local tree commissions, and they're typically made up of volunteers, okay. just like you potentially, <laughs> yeah. uh, that that want to get involved in their community's urban forest, and so they are typically sit on a, a either a mayor appointed uh, commission that works to advise their community on uh, tree planting, tree policy, uh, tree removal, di different aspects in, in regards to their, their community trees. And so the tree commissions are, are vitally important to our state in general and in each community because that, that's also another reason why we have so many Tree City USAs because mm -hmm. we've been able to foster those uh, organizations and they're, they're like nonprofit organizations for the, each community because it's all volunteer based. That's and cool. they do a lot of the work that the smaller villages and townships can't really get to um, because it, it's just not in their budget. Um, right. So, yeah. so having this volunteer tree commission uh, go out and learn and, and learn from us because we put on a, a tree commission academy mm -hmm. um, throughout the year. Each of our regions have uh, several um, courses throughout the year, and it's it's a really it's a eight class course, so it's very intensive. Mm -hmm. um, and we we try and get all tree commissioners to take it because it's it's really the nuts and bolts of urban forestry, everything from tree biology to ordinances to marketing your program. Mm -hmm. um, we cover it all and give them the skills to be effective as tree commissioners. And that's uh, it's actually a, a national award winning program. The Arbor Day Foundation provided uh, gave us a national award back in I think 2009 for that. And so we've been that's another anniversary we're coming up on is 10 years of, of doing the Tree Commission Academy. Uh, we just last year had our 1,000th student and wow, um, we are, what was the other thing about the tree commissions? I, it'll come back to you. Yeah, it'll come back, yeah. So can I just like yeah. search tree commission in my city or should I go to yeah. like the county website I, and I would, search it there? I would talk with uh, anyone in your uh, city administration, anyone okay. that okay. Um, that 
they, they will know how to get in touch with your tree commission. But yeah. it sh it, it's probably on like your website. I feel it should be easy yeah. to get there. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I'm sure if I searched it. And so they, they would, if you're not interested in being a tree commissioner or, you know, there's no spots open depending on how they mm -hmm. uh, organize it, they will be able to put you in touch with how to be involved in your community because right. they're always working to, you know, potentially do volunteer planting days. Yeah. Arbor mm -hmm. Day, to be a Tree City USA, you have to have an Arbor Day celebration. So there's always something going on, oh, around, on around Arbor Day. Um, fall, there's a lot of fall plantings in the fall, yeah. so it's a great time to get involved with urban forestry there too. Very cool. That's so cool. So speaking of fall now, yes. we <laughs> did bring you here. Everyone loves to, uh, you know, of course know when are, when are the leaves going to peak? Did the weather, uh, do you think it's going to impede on what type of color we get? Is it vibrant, dull, that kind of thing? Um, so let's first start just off with why do the leaves change colors? That's I think there's a misconception in terms of why leaves are green and where those colors come from. Yeah, yeah, well, it, it, it's, uh, I mean, I, I can see it, it's a common misconception. I, I think I know what you're talking about as far as the, the colors and where they come from, the pigments that we yeah. all see. Mm -hmm. The green that we see now um, and throughout the whole summer is chlorophyll, mm -hmm. and that's the pigment that helps with that photosynthetic process, that big energy producer for much of our planet um, is, is the, the photosynthesis and, and chlorophyll takes a big part in that, and that colors, it's not, actually green, it reflects green. Right. Those other pigments that we see during the fall, the, the oranges and the yellows and the reds and the purples, most of them are actually present in the leaf. Yeah. Um, it's just that the chlorophyll, there's so much chlorophyll because the trees need to make this energy for themselves to grow, to put on wood every year, to, to repair themselves from injuries, um, that the chlorophyll is, you king. know, yeah, king <laughs> in the leaf. Yeah. So in, in that little leaf on this microscopic level, chlorophyll outweighs everything. Yeah. It's when the, the days start to get shorter, which is the big trigger. Mm -hmm. the, you mentioned mm -hmm. the solstice. That's yes. when that's when the days start ticking down and, and we start yeah. to feel this cooler weather. Yeah. That's when the, the chlorophyll starts to break down because the, the leaves need to take the nutrients that are in their leaves and bring them into the twigs and branches to store them for the winter. Because if they leave them out in their leaves and the, the cold weather comes and, yeah. and they end up losing those leaves, they lost all that resource that they've mm, worked right. worked to build up. Yeah. yeah. So they I mean they, they have most of it in their in their trunk and, and branches, but mm -hmm. they, there's definitely a lot of the nutrients, the nitrogen and phosphorus in their leaves. Yeah. And if they can pull that back into the tree uh, before the cold weather really hits, then they're in better shape to put, push out new leaves next spring. Very cool. Yeah. That is cool. It's a really neat it's process. It's kind of like it's, we're not wasting anything. Right. No, we no, need everything. They're the ultimate recyclers because, yeah. you know, when the leaves do drop, then they uh, uh, deteriorate and, and become the, the humus and the, the uh, detritus in the ground that the trees then take back up. Yes. So it's a complete recycling right. of, of nutrients. Very, very now, cool. And correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, different trees have different pigments, right? It's correct. not yeah. like and, and every that, tree isn't yellow or, yeah. you know, some of them have different. Correct. And that, and that goes back to that, how the chlorophyll is broken down. Um, some of the trees like your uh, dogwoods have that uh, purple mm -hmm. reddish or, or, or your uh, red maple have the nice red. That comes from anthocyanins and those pigments actually get really built up and, and the way it's, it's often described is uh, the chlorophyll in order to, for it to break down effectively in order for the, the tree to pull those nutrients back in its leaves, mm -hmm. it, it has to be shaded with another pigment. And so those pigments really come out and kind of protect the chlorophyll oh. as it's breaking down. Gotcha. And so the, those are the, those bright reds and, and purples are, are in that anthocyan uh, chemical. Um, the other chemical, which is, is more heavily present during, during the year, 
all, all year round as opposed to the anthocyanins kind of building up um, is the uh, carotenoids and those are your yeah. the oranges and mm -hmm. yellows so if you've ever eaten a carrot or right. or a pumpkin well, pumpkin seeds yeah pumpkin pie there we go yeah, yeah. Um, that that's the what makes those colors just like the anthocyanins are in your cherries and and, and strawberries right. those are the same same colors same chemicals are in those that are that are in the leaves that when they show those colors so that's that's how that kind of process all all works out so some falls they're kind of dull yeah. and some falls mm -hmm. they're really Super vibrant bright. Explain. That, yes, yeah. that, and that you know, there's there's a lot that goes into that too, and it's not all one thing. Yeah, right. it's yeah. it's it's that multitude of factors of the the temperature. You know, are we getting uh, the the nice uh, low 50s at night and and cool nights, and then during the day having bright sunny days mm -hmm. that are are nice crisp sunny uh, fall days that we all love to go to football games on right. and things like that. Because that that having that bright sun, like I said, those anthocyanins come out to try and shade or, or are produced right. to shade that that chlorophyll so on cloudy days we we typically don't it doesn't produce those as much as when we have the sunny days so that that has a factor in it uh, the temperature and rainfall typically can affect potentially the timing and and right. the length of of the uh, fall color okay my mind is blown uh, yeah this is <laughs> no very 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 yeah. interesting and because it's just not a super easy answer and you also no, have not. multiple factors <laughs> that come it together makes at sense, once and you know i never I mean? really thought about the actual color of the leaf is shading the chlorophyll within so yeah. it does make sense you don't need to be so bright if it's cloudy out you right. don't need as much like, protection yeah. for the that. chlorophyll yeah. so it makes a lot of sense yeah so sunny days are great um, of course we don't want to get those freezing temperatures too soon correct because that that triggers that starts the, another process exactly right? yeah that so during this whole process the leaf is is creating these cells right at the the leaf petiole which is the stem of the leaf where it attaches to the tree the, it starts creating these these corky cells. It's called an abscission layer, mm -hmm. and as that builds up, that kind of cuts the leaf off from receiving those nutrients back into the leaf and 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 triggering the the chlorophyll breakdown. It, it cuts that off, and the leaf typically falls off depending on the species. Um, so when we have the hard freezes, that that abscission layer really builds up quickly, yeah. and and then we have a. An, a premature leaf drop you'd say so yeah. so yeah so getting the low temperatures at night is nice but, but not, not too, too low, low. Yeah. yeah yeah because it tricks the tree the tree's like oh no it's it's, too, winter, it's winter I need to make sure I got all that nutrient from the leaves and it cuts it off so yeah. that makes sense and then another thing too which sometimes we've we've talked about this in the past as well um, when we are starting to get towards the end of the fall color season and the leaves have now shown their reds and their yellows and their oranges um, when we have stormy times like super windy days mm -hmm. and stormy um, that also if that abscission layer is already beginning to develop yeah that it, can knock the leaves off yeah even, like i just want to look at them up in the tree <laughs> and that can also yeah, yeah wind and rain play a huge effect in the longevity of of your fall color season so you know when those heavy winds and, and rain i mean even just a light rain right. can knock mm -hmm. leaves off off trees so yeah that is it is sad, but then then everyone gets to play in the leaves, right? Yeah, so. you wake them up, <laughs> and they're house. they're helping the trees then because then exactly then they decompose. Yeah, so it's all worth it, guys. Yeah. Um. So I guess just in your opinion now, uh, what do you think for the timing of the fall color season? I know there usually isn't a huge variance. We're we're typically this far south. It's like, like mid October, mid to end of October. Right? You got it right on the head. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's, so you're smart. right. There's not there's not much of a, a difference in the timing. Uh, you know that the the weather does play into it a little bit, but it, you're you're typically going to see the mid to 
uh, later part of October for this part of the state. Up toward the Cleveland area, it's earlier, yeah. uh, second or starting into the second week of October. Um, and then down towards Cincinnati, it's getting a little bit later, but uh, yeah. about the same range for us and them. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's that's a pr pretty much the timing you're looking at. So does the summer peak. even really play a role in Yeah, like a lot of people want to be like, it was hot it, this summer, so are we going to have a lame fall color season? Or is it like really when we get to it's that just, time of year? Yeah, it, it is. It's definitely this time of year that really affects it. Summer, if it's a droughty summer, it's they can shorten or the yeah, stress out. the yeah. trees out. They can uh, show color earlier. Yeah. Uh, particularly your urban trees, which mm -hmm. are already stressed. They're growing yeah. in compacted soils, uh, droughty soils in general, just because of the compaction. So oftentimes you'll see urban trees or trees along roadways uh, that are yeah, under stress, already, yeah. already starting to turn. Those are the ones that I'm seeing the yes. leaves. Yeah. Even and that's why a yeah, lot of exactly. people will be like, oh, it, it, we're changing early. Well, no, you really want to look at your state parks and your, your yeah. natural habitat for trees because that will give you a better indicator of, of like you said, kind of you're taking out those distressed trees. Yes. That's <laughs> not real. I mean, it is real for them, but it's not, Yeah. yeah. we're not changing really yet. Yes, correct, yeah. Okay. Um, real quick, and this is kind of just something that when I worked in Northeast Ohio, um, I had done a, a story on how the, the kind of like really tiny, almost microclimates of trees that are, you know, a little lower, even on like, let's say like a street or something like that, where the slightly cooler air can pool, um, that even that can have impact on when you're starting to see fall color. So even some of those just real tiny, like, this tree's at a higher elevation, it's a little bit warmer, it's a little cooler when you're in valleys and the cold air can pull, that kind of thing. Is that? that, that temperature definitely plays an effect on it as far as uh, when, when it turns, but also another thing to consider in those situations is sometimes in those low-lying areas you have a different species, a species that can tolerate wetter environments, mm -hmm. whereas up on the hills you might have uh, trees that are, are more accustomed or, or evolved to live in drier environments. So you're looking, you're potentially looking at two different species and, and the difference in timing of species. Nice. That, that's a potential there, but yeah. th there, there is definitely evidence of like trees on at higher elevations and colder temperatures yeah. uh, turning it earlier than trees at lower elevations. Yeah. What about um, just for people now that we are going into fall and we will start to see the colors, um, maybe just this could be fun facts for them, but <laughs> What colors are associated with some of our popular trees down here? Okay, yes. You don't um, have to name good, them all, but just, you know, yeah, if no. they <laughs> see like yellows, they can you're be on like, the spot. that might yeah. be a dogwood or whatever, you know, well, that if, was. If you're in an, uh, a city or an urban environment, um, the, some of the brightest yellows that I really like are ginkgos, because a, a lot of cities okay. plant ginkgos, but they turn all yellow all at once. Okay. And mm -hmm. then they drop their leaves all at once. So it's kind of a real quick show for those. Cool, that's neat. Yeah, they're, they're a neat tree. Um, but other, other, some of my other favorites, sugar maple, I think has the, the best fall color, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. the, the bright orange, uh, reddish orange color to it, I, I think is the, the best, best fall color we have. Um, black gums are probably some of the first that you'll see turn a nice bright red. They're okay. fiery red trees, typically in the understory of forests. Um, then we have our, our oaks, which turn 
you know, one of the latest turners, uh, the fall color turns, they turn that russet red brownish color, which is, is a really nice uh, color. Um, one of the yellows I like also is beech. They, they have a yeah. really nice bright, bright yellow color to them, which is a, and they, they stand out in the forest pretty well too, just because of the structure of the tree and their branching patterns. Very neat. That's perfect. See, yeah. that's people want to know those like little. Yeah, the, and they, they can identify some trees now. And, and they can go to our website. We have all the common trees of Ohio on there. Uh, mm -hmm. Their fall colors, their their uh, habitats, um, the 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 things that they provide for for wildlife. Um, you know, their their structure and, and their leaf patterns and all that sort of information. So that's so you can go cool. out and identify yourself and, yeah. and name the trees in your yard. So we're at Sycamore, correct? Yes. Correct, yes. Great place to come walk around and, and see the changing of the colors. Absolutely, season. yeah. Are there any other good parks yeah. that people all, feel free all to talk the, it all out? All the state parks yeah, and all them. the state forests. Uh, around here you got Houston Woods, mm -hmm. uh, John Bryan State Park, yep. mm -hmm. uh, Sycamore's right here. Up north, I'm trying to think, uh, uh, Lake uh, Lorraine. Lormy? Lormy, yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, I don't have. I mean, that's pretty much our area. Yeah, that's, yeah, like, that's yeah, most yeah. of the Miami Valley. Yeah. Most of our, our state forests are, are toward the, the Mount, more mountainous region of mm -hmm. Ohio. Um, but uh, in October, the Division of Forestry will be ho hosting uh, a fall color tour. Yeah, and that's perfect. Yes, yeah, October 15th. I, okay. I will check that date. I'm pretty sure it's they can go to your website. You can go to your website right? It's all on our website. Yeah, absolutely. Are you doing video updates? Because I've seen video updates on the yeah. fall color changing I, on the website before. Our, yeah, well, uh, our fall color forester uh, is Greg Smith. Greg and Smith. He will be okay. doing those updates. Will start October third. They'll be doing Good weekly you know. updates, and a lot of that information, all, all that information, is on uh, fallcolor.ohiodnr.gov. Okay. And perfect. It, it provides those weekly updates. Uh, the videos are linked there. Uh, the the map showing where the fall color is because mm -hmm. what what we do is get reports from the state parks mm -hmm. and they'll tell us when their leaves are changing so we can update the map and, and give them real yeah. time information on when when the leaves are changing for everyone yeah. to go check we, it out. That is a great. We, we use that. that resource because then awesome. we are able to kind of tell anyone that's watching us, hey, we're starting to see color at this park and try to get people to go out because they want to know when it starts. Oh yeah. Oh, I want to mm -hmm. go see it and when it gets to peak. I mean, yeah. then it's even more beautiful because oh, yeah. you're just waiting for them to fall. Um, one more thing, and this kind of is just more for, like McCall had mentioned, like I am a homeowner and I have trees in my yard. Um, what is just a little quick like tree health for people? Because if I have a tree that already showed color, it might be a sign that it's sick or distressed. Like what would you suggest for a homeowner? A, for severe weather safety, because if you have weak trees or sick trees in your yard yeah. and there's thunderstorms, you know, you want to make sure that those trees are healthy or unfortunately if they're dying that you, you know, can kind of figure out what to do. So what would you say a homeowner Correct. for their tree health to check their yard? Two things. The one thing the homeowner can do without any, barely any cost to them is not have turf around their tree. Turf oh. and tree roots compete. Okay. And so mulching around trees is probably one of the best things you can do for your yard tree having a, a mulch layer all the way out to the drip line of the tree where the, the tree's branches Ooh, end. Wow, okay. Is the, because the, that replicates a tree in the forest, right? So they're, right. they're not, there's no turf in the forest when you walk out here. It's it's all the leaf matter, all the twigs, all the dead trees that have fallen over. And turf are meaning like concrete Tur like Turf grass. meaning grass, yeah. Like most grass. most yeah. people's yeah. yards have a, a nice, nice, grass, nice lush layer of grass, grass they fertilize it. Yeah. Okay. yeah, and then your mowers are hitting the trunk of the tree and, yeah. and, and uh, causing injury to the trunk of the tree. So that is, I, I feel for homeowners, if, if you want to help your tree out, provide a nice mulch. nice two inch layer mulch, not okay. up against the trunk of the tree. Often you'll see people pile mulch up. And then the roots start, don't they? They grow up yeah. into that mulch. And oftentimes you can see on this tree back yeah. here has a girdling root that comes around the, the trunk and yeah. kind of uh, 
suffocates it, mm -hmm. cuts off that uh, vascular mm -hmm. tissue that's, that's conducting the water and nutrients up and down. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so keeping the mulch uh, well away, six inches away from the trunk of the tree, but mulching the rest of the, the, the under the drip line of the tree okay. is, is really helpful. The second thing I would say is when you do have an issue with a tree and you want to call someone to come look at your tree is to call an ISA certified arborist. That's an okay. international site of arboriculture. They um, have a, a listing. If you go to treesaregood.org, okay. it's a homeowner site that the ISA puts on and you can search for ISA certified arborists in your area. And those are the experts that will be able to diagnose problems with your tree. They'll be able to properly yeah. prune your tree because oftentimes, uh, you know, you, you get the, the lowest bidder or the you know the cheapest mm -hmm. person to come out and, and right. work on your tree and they end up doing harm to your tree. Right. Okay. So you, you definitely want someone that knows what they're doing that has does the continuing education every year that ISA requires in order to keep your certification so they're up to date on the latest research, the latest best management practices. So getting that certified arborist to look at your tree is, is the second most important thing. What was that website opinion. again? Treesaregood.org. Okay, and then real quick, um, for people that want to follow maybe ODNR on Twitter and Instagram. I know you guys do post a lot of photos and stuff. Um, Twitter account, is there anything? What do we? We do have a Twitter account. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to pull out that's a sheet because okay. I, I feel it. like I, I was have gonna it say, written but, down. But for anyone that's listening, they Did probably want to follow, especially if they're in the we do Valley. Have, uh, yeah, the hashtags. Hashtag, hashtag Ohio Fall 18. Okay. And then uh, the Ohio tourism site is doing hashtag holidays in Ohio. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, and I should note, uh, our Division of Forestry just started a Instagram page, and really? I am blanking on the name, but I will get that to you. That's all right. I'm but sure we can go once on again, website Twitter. for people for ODNR. What is it again? It's uh, just ODNR.org. Uh, OhioDNR.gov. OhioDNR.gov. Yes. That's how they could find you. Tyler, this was super educational. Yes. Um, like unbelievably so. So thank you so much for visiting with us. No problem at all. I, I enjoyed it. Thank yeah. you. And once again, if you're not in Ohio, um, real quick, some states that people can travel to to see great fall color because we don't always have listeners that are in Ohio. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, through curve value. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. No <laughs> problem. I mean, our neighbors are have yeah. great fall color. Uh, Pennsylvania up into New New York. Um, uh, Michigan has great fall color. They'll they'll be earlier than yes. us, obviously. So if you want to catch early fall color mm -hmm. up there, it'll be great. Indiana next door, and then getting down to the the Appalachian region with West Virginia and Kentucky, all those neighboring states are great states to to look yeah. at fall color. But you should come to Ohio first, I think. Um, I agree. <laughs> Duh. Any listener Unless that's not from Ohio, ones, right? Ones hit Michigan, then, then visit us, <laughs> then further south. You know what I mean? That's what you got to do. That's a good um, plan. But thank yeah. you again, Tyler. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. No problem. My super, pleasure. Super interesting stuff. I'm so, so excited. I can't wait to get those color maps up, McCall. We I know. can like keep telling people where we're seeing I the color. I can't wait to go home and, and tell Dan all of this, my husband, <gasps> and he's gonna be like, "You're a nerd," and I'll be like, "No, I'm not." <laughs> <laughs> we'll educate our husbands on uh, everything fall color, and, and now that we're home you know we've got houses and I'm gonna go check all my trees and make sure that they're safe and I've got the right amount of mulch going I know um, but this was kind of I feel like a, a really educational one so mm -hmm. I don't know if we really need to do a, a teachable moment I feel like this whole thing was teachable it was teachable I mean we could just talk briefly yeah what I learned yesterday yes then this is relates to the the yeah, daylight the changing of the seasons. yeah so what we know is the fall equinox was on September 21st yes and that is when the Sun itself when the earth is going around in its orbit, mm -hmm. um, it is now crossing from the northern hemisphere to the southern hemisphere. That's when the uh, astronomical season changes. Right. 
and typically we say equal day and equal night, right. but there's actually a lag by a few days. It yeah. was actually yesterday that we had the most equal day and night, yes. and that's because of the tilt of the Earth, so there is a lag in the orbit around the sun as to when we actually have equal day and night, and from yeah. this point on, we'll have more darkness and less daylight. And side note, uh, by December 21st, the first day of winter, we have like nine hours of daylight Let's and the sunset is that. at like 517. Uh, honestly, the, <laughs> the winter solstice is by far my favorite day of the year because I know it's more daylight. Yes, pretty, you know, like it's getting better. Lag, but pretty much right. from that point on, we're going to see. It's getting better. It'll, it has to get better. It has to get better. So enjoy the fall while you can, everyone, because we do live in a very special state that has tons of types of trees. We have all four seasons. Um, so hopefully you're able to, to get outside and enjoy it. And um, thanks so much for listening to Cloudy with a Chance of Podcast. And once again, if you're listening and you hear birds chirping and bugs and all that <laughs> stuff going on, we are actually physically outside. Yes. Um, so if you're watching, of course, thank you so much for watching our vodcast, which we hope to keep doing these yes. with you as well. McCall, how can people listen to us? Okay, so if you want to listen through the podcast uh, audio file, it is on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and we'll also have a story with a link on whio.com. If you're listening and want to watch, watch? us, right. uh, we are going to be streaming this. If you have a streaming device such as Roku, Apple T TV, or Amazon Prime, search for the WHIO app there, and you will be able to find not only this video, but a ton of weather videos that we do together daily. Yeah, it's awesome. So thank you so much, guys. Thank you, Tyler, again. Thank, thank you. you.